podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a post-match pint in association with Purity Ale. If you use the code hashtag VillaView, you'll get 10% off everything Purity have to offer. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by Neil Dunworth. Also, I'm not wearing another team's like, hoodie. This is a fictional team, so it's okay. I'm allowed to wear it for the Villa View. Neil, as an Apple man as well, I'm sure you're pleased to see me in this hoodie, but how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Dan. I'm. I'm not going to lie. I. I might. If I yawn during this podcast, it's nothing to do with the with the engagement from from what you're saying to me. I am still feeling the effects of uh, yesterday's day and the beer. So uh, I apologise in advance. My my voice is probably an octave or two lower. And um, yeah, as I say, I'm a shadow of my of my of my former self today. It's always great when you say you're going to do a, a post match show, and you say to me. I had to rewatch the game because I, I don't really remember <laughs> anything about the game yesterday, and I did watch the ninety minutes. So you've rewatched the game, still happy, I, I assume. It's another great result for Villa, and honestly, the progress that we've made in such a short space of time under Unai Emery, given that he hasn't really, really changed the team, he hasn't been able to bring in loads of his own players. It's pretty much just just a new left back. Other than that, it's the same players that we had at, at the start of the season. Our record under him is outstanding. Absolutely, and. You know what? You go back to the days of, uh, uh, the days of. Uh, you go back to Stephen Gerrard's time, and one of the biggest criticisms was that he hasn't made any people any better. And towards the end of Dean Smith's uh, tenure as well, there was there was a small bit, and and the happy birthday Dean Smith as well. I, you know, as, as you're about to criticise him. Uh, no, no, no. I, no. I, I, I'm not. I think, but I think it was a case of that that people were saying that, you know. Um, the players we were bringing in, he didn't have enough chance to work with them. And, you know, they were kind of wondering, were any of those players going to get any better under him? But we're seeing that under Unai Emery now where players are beginning to get better. You know, you just have to look at Douglas Luiz yesterday. He looked like he owned the field when he was out there. He looked really, really good. Um, and uh, we were seeing John McGinn looking all, look a, a very much a different player. And Ollie Watkins also is uh, has looked a different player under Unai Emery than what we saw at the start of the season. So... It just goes to show that good managers that can get through to people that are detail oriented oriented in in this uh, in this league will get results, and um, I'm just delighted. You know, you see that table where we're like third in the table, the 26 Going points. Into the tables, there was some controversy over over that table that Stato posted from uh, from Moms. To be fair, both tables are correct, but I did take Moms's point on board that that probably we're probably about four. We're probably fourth. In all things considered, since Emery came in, but you know, either way, third, fourth, it's staggering progress. Oh, hello, it's staggering progress. Like I said, Adams obviously fell on his keyboard mid- midway through the through the show. There, some early comments coming through now. Shane Mead agrees with you. Dougie, the boss these days, it's hard to disagree with that. You know, with no Kamara there as well, we we knew that he needed to step up and dominate the midfield, and him and McGinn definitely did that yesterday. Lee Evans, can we talk about Ramsey's nitro button and jink into the yes. box? Yes. We absolutely will talk about that at some point during the show. My good friend Chris Dolan texted me yesterday saying, I'd love to, to dominate a game and take someone apart before before the game started. And in fairness, I don't think it was that clear cut, but, you know, 3-0 at home, it, it was a comfy win in the end. And gaming and stuff says a 90-minute performance at home. 
David Stiles says, I have absolutely no doubt that we would have drawn or lost that game 12 months ago. Great to dig in and get the result. I think I think he's right because there was some elements to Bournemouth's game. I think the physicality and in transition, I do think they did cause us issues at times. But in, in general, I didn't think we were, we were too flustered. They, they had some moments, but it, it's a great win. And, you know, to, again, to set out another game at, at home, feel like we've got a bit of momentum at, at home now, which we didn't have before. So home form and away form now. It's all starting to come together. It's all starting to starting to stand up. And so many times at Villa Park, we've got that early goal and, and gone ahead. And it was yet again on Saturday. Mm. We, we did it again, an early goal for, for, from Douglas Louise and, and Villa go 1-0 Villa go up. Bailey was not brilliant again yesterday, quite quite quiet, but heavily involved in, in that first goal. And yes, and breaking news, Villa oh, have gone 2-1 <laughs> up in the FA Cup. Poor scheduling from us to schedule schedule this whilst they're playing. Didn't legislate for extra time at all. But Rachel Daly has scored yet again. And Villa women are 2-1 up in the FA Cup quarterfinals against Manchester City. So, yeah, another brilliant start, Neil. Nice to see Dougie and nice to see midfielders in general get on the score sheet yesterday. Absolutely, because um, outside of Ali Watkins, you're always going to need to have... Even when Danny Ings was here, we were still kind of looking to see who's going to share the goals around, where the goals were going to come from. I still, uh, I'm still looking for defenders to score. Uh, I, I can't. Yeah, going to happen. Our defenders are never going to score ever again now. I think Tyrone Mings can feel a bit aggrieved to Emmy Buendia, uh, Emmy Buendia's goal uh, yesterday. I don't know would that have gone across the goalkeeper and 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 gone in off the off the opposite post, but uh, we'll we won't uh, overanalyze that. But no, your your point is that. Um, you know those the goals from midfield are very they're pivotal they're really important because we just don't have another goal scorer outside of Oli Watkins and we know that Watkins, you know that that he has has gone on lean spells before so to have somebody like Douglas Louise really step up uh, in the game to have Jacob Ramsey Jacob Ramsey could have had a hat trick yesterday and um, he really could have I thought that he he looked like a man who was back to his. Um, he was he, he, a man who Una has found some way to get him into the game. And I, and I want to kind of discuss how our midfield kind of set up uh, in a moment as well, if if you don't mind. But um, th- those goals were pivotal, I think. They were pivotal because all three goals did come from midfielders, albeit that, that uh, Emmy Martinez is essentially playing as a second striker now. Um, that seems to be his best role. And, and, and I thought... You mean he, Emmy Brendan there now? Who did I say? Emmy Martinez? Emmy Martinez. Well, Emmy Martinez, yeah. yeah confuse yeah. me. But yeah, Emmy, Emmy Brendan, yeah. I presume you meant. Is playing as a, playing as a second striker uh, at the moment. So, um, look, Uno Emery is getting... Once again, as I say, he's getting the best out of these players um, that he has. And it's really exciting because, uh, you know, 3-0 win against Bournemouth, as, as people had said previously, that's a game we probably would have... Uh, we would be dour for the first half and be hoping that something would happen in the second half. And then if we conceded a goal, it would have looked very poor. Um, we would have looked very poor going forward and probably uh, not made it made many chances. But we made a ton of chances in this game, which was the big thing. And um, and uh, as I say, we got the just results or just rewards with a three 0 victory. Yeah, look, on the face of it, some people could turn around and say it's only Bournemouth, but you know they beat Liverpool last week. They run Arsenal, who are winning every week, very, very close the, the week before losing 3-2 in the eighth minute of stoppage time. So they've been on decent form themselves, Bournemouth. And I actually think they did cause us problems yesterday. I said to you before we came on, I didn't feel massively comfortable at 1-0 because I think in transition, they were causing this problem. And any game when it's 1-0, you feel like the other team could, could score and it, anything can happen at, at 1-0. But the good thing was we got the second, we got the third and we saw it out comfortably. 
But there were still moments in the game where I think we, we could have conceded, but we didn't, largely thanks to a great recovery from Tyrone Mings. And just in general, taking the, the sting out of the game. Now, we were 1-0 mm. up, but we just always seem to be in control of the, of the football, which is not something you would say about Villa sides over the years. We knew when to, when to slow the tempo down. As I say, at times, Bournemouth did catch us on the break. Solanke must have done the same run three or four times and run off concert and, yeah. and got been unlucky and, and got through on goal and, and not taken his chance on another day. Maybe a better striker, Villa do concede. But in general, I just think the steps that we've made are staggering. Because this this is a team that were largely useless until Unai Emery came in. We looked like we hadn't had a day's coaching in our lives under Steven Gerrard. Now, whatever every single game we've scored, every single game, you can see that something has been worked on in, in the week. And it sounds stupid, but this is unheard of uh, 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 Villa, really. I never came to, I don't remember ever really going to games and thinking, oh, there's really good off-the-ball movement here. Mm-hmm. Players are always receiving the ball in space. And that's the thing that gets me about this Villa side. The way we do this little short, sharp passing, and then there's always someone in acres of space to pick the ball up and drive. I don't remember Villa players ever receiving the ball in as much space as they do under Unai Emery, and that isn't just at the weekend. That's in every game. I just think the tactical framework that that we've got now, the players must have been drilled for hours and hours and hours because Mm. they're getting it, and I think they're starting to give the manager what he wants every week now. Yeah, and I agree. And I think more, uh, none more so than the likes of Matty Cash at right back, who's had two really good games in a row now. Um, three probably, I'd say, really, really good games in a row. Um, he's, uh, he, he's another guy that I, I, you know, that he, he, when Emery came in, he seemed like he was going to be pushed to the periphery. He'd come back then for the World Cup. Didn't really get many minutes after that. Nashley Young had cemented him, himself in that spot. And now Matty Cash has wrestled back that jersey as well. But when you talk about that finding players in space, um, it's it's something that that I've I commented on yesterday as well, and I mentioned it uh, to the guys I was watching the game with. I said that's exactly what Villa are doing here. There's there was always an opportunity for someone to burst forward with that ball, whether it be a full back or whether it be somebody able to carry it from midfield. And I think for Douglas Luiz's goal, he picks up the ball and he goes to the left hand side and he plays a I, I don't know did he play a one two or he played he played a ball anyway into in in inwards infield, but. He's a, he's got the confidence and, and and because of the way the whole play shifted over, Douglas Lewis follows and tracks the ball. He ends up in the in the box to put that ball in the back of the net, albeit it was from he made that run after uh, Ollie Watkins' cross or shot was was blocked that, that fell to Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey does so at the time I was screaming at the TV going, What the hell are you doing turning around and, and driving towards the the end line? but he does the right thing because we score from it. And Douglas Lewis is standing on the edge of the six-yard box. But where he picks up that ball, he's in his own defensive third on the left-hand side over near the the uh, the sideline. And he ends up playing that first pass uh, and then ends up getting on it at the end, at the, at the end of, of the, the move as well. And that's by design. You know, the give, giving players that freedom to do that is something that we haven't seen and uh, and he looks like a player reborn or he looked like a player reborn yesterday and when we look at that midfield as well then you know you look at it you look at their average positioning Jacob Ramsey actually played further back further forward further further back should I say than, than Douglas Louise Douglas Louise actually played a small bit further forward and we played three up top we essentially had Bailey wide right we had Watkins um, to the left of centre and Emmy Buendia played in the centre uh, for the majority of that game, based on the average position statistics, and the man behind the three of them was Douglas Louise. 
So that's something different. It's not something we've seen. Um, I think it was more so from the point of view that the, the Bournemouth tried to crowd that midfield. They really tried to crowd that midfield. But we were still able to find pockets. I'm, I'm not going to say at will, but we could find pockets when we needed to find them, and specifically in the first half. And then the last 10 minutes was a different story when we more or less did find them at will and we peppered their goals quite a lot and got the, got the just rewards for it. So um, you're dead right in what you say about that. The Dune Emery is scheming this team open in midfield, if you want to call it, for want of a better word. And uh, it's, it, it's, it's beginning to take, to take hold and it's nice to watch. I think you raised a valid point at the start, you know, the improvement in the in the players. I think you probably could have had five or six man of the matches yesterday. If you looked around yeah. Twitter last night, people were, were calling diff, different man of the matches. My, my personal preference was I thought Matty Cash had an unbelievable game, closely followed by Tyrone, Tyrone Ming, sorry. But the, the Cash thing's interesting because he came out of the team, could have quite easily sulked, not been happy about it. The guy's just been mm. playing in a World Cup. He was player of the year last season. I don't think he adapted quickly to what Emery, want, Emery wanted. I've said before, I've seen Emery throwing his arms up in the air at, at, at Cash in home games. I don't think he was doing the things that Emery wanted. You know, he may have taken into time, but he's mm. gone, gone out of the team, took stead of, of what was going on, come back into the team, and he's now delivering what the manager wants because he must be, because he's getting picked every week. If he wasn't, he w- wouldn't be back in that team. I think that's a positive sign as well that someone can come out of the team, not sulk. Get, get back in and prove to the manager that he, that he can give him what, what he wants. And that's what's happened with Matty Cash. And Moreno at left-back yesterday, I thought, had his, his best game as well. I keep picking on Luca Dean, and I'm honestly not meaning to, but I just think Moreno offers so much more, mm-hmm. Espe- especially at home. He's good technically. He's always in space on the left. He comes outside. He goes on the inside sometimes when needed. Someone said to me on Twitter as well, which is a, which is a, a completely valid point. He's got good delivery. He's just always in, involved in the game going forward, and he just gives us that outlet, gives us that different option. I think the fullbacks at the moment, as good as Ashley Young was, they're, they're, they both should stay in the team, I think, now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think they are. the team is beginning to settle down an awful lot now, um, specifically in those fullback positions. Alex Moreno has been a really good signing. I know, what did we drop in him? Was it 12, 15 million? Which is nothing um, nowadays. It, it, it isn't, but like eyebrows were raised at the time. Um we ask questions, up, but you know, but yeah. I remember talking to you and saying, yeah. Do we really if need we're it? spending money, is this where we should be spending it? A left back, mm. but he's completely a completely different type of player for the the, the Luca Day. Luca Day was obviously bought to play a completely different style of football if we even had a style and under that manager. But Moreno is what Emery wants mm. from a left back, and he's doing it, and it's he's starting to settle now, isn't he? There's yeah. some games you don't I haven't, I haven't noticed him as much. The last couple of home games in particular, I've really started to, to notice him being involved in, in the game. It was telling, actually, that he got 90 minutes yesterday because the fullback has been coming off, but he was having such a good game. I think Henry just wanted to leave him on the pitch. Yeah. And, and you know, that threat that he offers, he keeps people honest. And when you look at the average positioning maps again for the for the Bournemouth team, they they, they filtered over to that side. You know, they played, um, they, they, they played their fullback close to their centre-half over there. Because and and it spread out to two centre halves at that stage, um, because of that very threat, because somebody was going to be coming down that wing, they didn't want to leave anybody um exposed out there. So that if Alex Moreno did cut inside, he'd have a free run on a centre back, and then obviously with our cent- our central midfielders piling through, or Ali Watkins up there as well, um, it would have caused a bit of difficulty. I think a lot of that actually, when I think about it, was down to Watkins as well, because as I say, he did pull to the left. 
an awful lot. That's had the pitch big, didn't we? We made the pitch yeah. big. That's what we, we did. did. That seemed to be a particular focus yesterday, making the pitch big and making use of that Villa Park pitch. Yeah, and and I think fair play to 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 a lot of our strikers because as you mentioned there, the movement as well was something that was really good yesterday. And um, we found ourselves getting into positions and getting into places, and there was diagonal runs which I absolutely love. And Villa haven't done it enough, so it's uh, yeah, I think there's a big round of applause need to be given. But the 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 big thing is I think our fullbacks are contributing to that because as you mentioned there, we're spreading the play very well through them, and it's allowing our midfield to to prosper a small bit more. Whereas and I always go back to that. I can't remember who said it at the time, um, but it was in an article uh, whereby they said that Luca Dean needs to be the, needs to be the last person to touch the ball before he crosses it in, and he's more like a stand and deliver type guy. Alex Moreno can can start the, the attack from back far and bring people into the transition as he goes forward. We're seeing that now, when we are. It, it, it is making us a, a less predictable outfit. Yeah, I mean, even in the days when we were a good outfit under Martin O'Neill. I remember being sat in, in the whole end and kind of lamenting the off off the ball movement. Didn't didn't think that mm. we, we were particularly brilliant, but I keep going back to it yesterday. I couldn't I can't believe how much space players pick the ball up in, and it just shows how well drilled and how well well coached they are. Because those little phases of play sometimes where it looks like we're going nowhere, we're playing slowly, we slow it down. Suddenly, we we, move, we start to move the ball forward a couple of spaces. We bring the other team out, and players are picking up the ball in in space. Whatever we are doing in training. It is working because we had that mini three-game run where, where we lost three in a row. Obviously, two of them were, were Arsenal and City. But other than that, we have been at, we, we we have been brilliant. And I, it's right now that Villa fans start to get excited. I, I think Neil, I think we're turning in to a good outfit. If you give this manager a pre-season to get his methods across even further and give him two, three, four of his own players to to bring in as well, I'm really starting to feel positive now. If Villa don't get it right under Unai Emery. We will never ever get it right as a football club because he he is a class act and he is he is the real deal. Even the way he speaks after the game, everything he's saying, and sometimes there is that language barrier. You know what he's saying, the way he's trying to he's trying to motivate the fans almost as well mm. at the moment. Unai Emery, considering exactly. what he was so dour before he came in, he has he has been an absolute breath of fresh air. I I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah. Like he he said some great, like he says some great stuff. He says some thoughtful stuff in interviews afterwards. When he needs to say that the performance was poor, he uh, or when areas that he wasn't happy with, he's able to articulate it. As you say, there is a language barrier, but he's able to articulate it in a way that I kind of listen to him and I go, I can imagine he said exactly the same thing to the players inside yeah, no the dressing room there a moment ago. Yeah, um, like. So, so he's he, he's he is a very very good manager, and we're in a very good position at the moment. Obviously, we're we've got that eleven point eleven point buffer between ourselves and Crystal Palace. Palace sacking Patrick Vieira. I, I, I I'm not sure what Palace expected, um, what or who they expect to get in there, or whatever the case is. But that's not a podcast for today. But we're we're that eleven point buffer. We still can't get ahead of Chelsea, but we play them next. We did very that's briefly, very briefly. We we flirted with being ahead of them for for, for an hour or so. Yeah, didn't we? Yeah. There was there, it was a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing to see. But we play them next week, so we'll either go ahead of them or we'll we'll drop three points behind them one way or another. But also then above them is Fulham. Fulham obviously went nuts today. I can imagine Mitrovic yes, is I going did. to get quite a few games uh, and he could possibly be out for, for a period of time now. Um, so that's yeah, but, not going to happen. got a six-game ban for kind of doing a similar thing to the Lionsman. Was it yeah. six games in the championship? I think when, it was. When he got sent off. So you I think he's looking at 
potentially the rest of the season being written off, Mitrovic. So they're they're catchable. They're ninth at the moment. I would say they're I, catchable. I think if and the Mitrovic thing, I think it's much ado about nothing myself. But you can't do it if you know no, what I mean. You can't do you it. Can't, it's the fact he's pointing at him. He continues to keep on roaring at him afterwards. You just you can't you can't do that. But it's um, also a blatant handball, by the way. This is a, exactly. <laughs> Mind you, that. forget that. Forget forget Fulham. Forget that. But sort of blatant handballs. Yes. I'm very aggrieved not to have been able to give him the opportunity to go 2 0 up in the first half yesterday. That, true. Some of the pan balls I've seen given recently, I think about the Champions Shocking. League, the Leipzig game away at Man City. One of ours, it's a thousand times more of a handball than that. It's so clear. His hands out. It's Absolutely. Handball. Absolutely. Oh, it was a definite handball. Uh, I've no idea what VAR and referee decided in that moment. I have zero idea. It is crazy. Um, once again, we might, we, we need to. Almost dedicate a five-minute VAR discussion in any one of these post matches. Last week it was we were talking about the penalties, and this week we're talking about uh, um, we're, we're talking about this handball, and it's just a handball. It just is. There's no two ways about it. It's a handball. It deflects off his hand. It goes over the bar. He stops a goal-scoring opportunity. Whether the ball goes in the back of the net is irrelevant. The ball was on target. I have no idea. I, I it's it's a hundred percent handball. Think of the one that we've had ones given, I think it was Fulham away, where it's hit players' legs and then hit their hands. That That is a penalty yesterday. For all I'm saying, Bournemouth was, I felt Bournemouth was still in the game at 1-0 and still posing posing the threat. I do, I do, we should have been given the opportunity to go 2-0 up in the first half because that is a penalty. Where I sat in the whole end, I can't really see the North Stand that well. So at the time, I didn't really think much of it. But then at half-time, when I, when I saw the footage, I couldn't believe it had. I couldn't believe it hadn't been given. It's such a clear, such a clear penalty. It's almost as if they just decide, how should we do handball today? Oh, we'll, we'll be we'll be lenient today. We'll, we'll we'll let a few things go. Whereas in another game, they might sit there and go, oh, we're really going to go tough on on handball today. It's like it changes game to game. Yeah. It's really 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 strange. As I've said, I did think Bournemouth was still in the game. I wasn't sitting completely comfortably at one 0 but then Jacob Ramsey popped up in the second half. Vintage JJ, I would say, back to the JJ of last season. I like him on the left-hand channel, cutting in. I yeah. think that's his that's his best position. It was potentially his best position in Gerard's terrible football system as well. A bit fortunate with the finish. Perhaps Neto should save it, but he was good, Ramsey, and it's good oh. to see him getting the goals as well because he's a goal threat, Ramsey, and he's a threat driving with the ball. So it was nice to see that that second goal going in. It was nice to see that it was Jacob Ramsey. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of conversations over the dinner table in the Ramsey household. Maybe he was getting a bit of a slagging from Aaron, who's been banging him in for, for Middlesbrough. And by the way, you're very welcome, Middlesbrough, if there's any Middlesbrough fans here. They must love uh, us. They must absolutely. They must. There's going to be a big Christmas card coming to <laughs> coming in the door of B6, I think, at the end of this year, because uh, obviously Archer is banging him in as well. But uh, yeah, Jacob Ramsey back on the score sheet. Um, somewhere that, uh, you know, I, I thought this year he would kick on with goals. Um, and, and it's nice to see him score. And he, I think he could have had a hat-trick uh, in, the ga- in the game. That's not a criticism on him. It's more so I was happy to see he was getting on the end of things. He was making things happen around the box. And uh, he got his goal, as you say. That jink was fantastic. Because um, he's, he's somebody, if I'm not mistaken, he was named in the 21 squad. Was yeah, he's he? in the 21. In the 21 squad as well. Brothers yeah. in the 20s. And his brothers in the twenties exactly. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one for him. He'll want to kick on to, for the end of the season because, as we all think, we are going to upgrade in those wide areas. I would imagine, uh, and the striking department. I would imagine over the summer, 
Jacob Ramsey wants to give Unai Emery something to think about and say, yeah, look, if you're going to go with this narrow midfield and I pop in with two or three goals between now and the end of the season, yeah, he maybe might rethink 60 million here and there and whoever you're going to sign for this left-hand side. Sign whoever you want for the right-hand side, but I'm making this place my own. And uh, more power to the kid because, uh, as I say, it's great to have one of our own players in the team. And uh, I want every single Aston Villa player to outplay their um their, their ability, but ones that we bring through the academy more so because they have that extra bit of connection. So fair play to him. Yeah, and then I felt Villa went on a real big stat padding exercise. I think, <laughs> I think we ended the game on, on on twenty shots in the end. There was a period of the last ten minutes where it just felt like we have constant corners. Bournemouth couldn't get out of their well, their own penalty area. I think, let alone mm. the, their own half. Somehow, Tyro Mings hasn't scored. I think he'll look back on that and think, "How have I not put that in the back of the net?" And he'd have loved that as well against his old team in Bournemouth. Would have been interesting to see him see if he'd have celebrated or not. Concert mm. had one disallowed, which was probably the, the the right decision. I would say. I think the, think the ball was out. Yeah, and then we finish yeah. it off, put a little bit of gloss on it with. Big Emmy Buendera, who is actually really good in the air for, for his size. It's ridiculous. He gets on Brilliant. the end of, of Mings's flick on. And I said, that's a good win at home. 3 now. Another clean sheet. Emmy Martinez. Mm-hmm. Pick, he picked up some kind of record, didn't he, Emmy, Emmy Martinez? Is he the quickest? Is he the quickest? I can't even remember what it was. I read it earlier. I've completely forgotten. Terrible prep for him. I read this too as well, but... Neither, yeah. neither of us remember, do we? True, his. I can't remember what it is. He 33. <laughs> it took him 99 games to get to... 33 clean sheets or something. I think that's one game before Bosnich or Freedom. Someone clever in the comments will let us know. And yeah, that'll pop up Stato, on you've won jobs, Stato. He's not oh, there. No. St- he's, not, he's, he's not here. He's not here. He's, he's, not he's, there. he's doing a watch along for the women's game, actually. I was watching oh, just before he, he came in. Yeah, he is. Uh, before he came in. So um, fair play to him and that. But yeah, look, it's um, a clean sheet. Una Emery, you can see him. He talks about clean sheets almost as much as he talks about attacking prowess. You know, and because he knows, he knows that when you're a team, when you're a team like Aston Villa that are in the middle of the table, clean sheets are, are, are worth the weight in gold because they always give you a chance. And that's my my saying is like whenever we're doing the team sheet tantrums before games, whenever um, it comes to doing a prediction, my prediction is nearly always 1-0 because I feel we can genuinely go out and win games 1-0 mm. now because we're beginning to look more and more solid in defence. We're beginning to look more structured in midfield. We are. I think I think our midfield now looks as structured as as uh, as it can be with the players that we have, even given that we've lost Bubakar Kamara over the last couple You'd of games. You'd expect him to be back as well after the break. This is it. Exactly, yeah. And, and we haven't... It hasn't knocked the star off our, our midfield performance, you know, and we've been talking about... And this isn't... Once again, for anybody who might think I'm denigrating Bubakar Kamara and saying that he's, he's uh, expendable, I don't think he is. But what it's shown is that the system we have and the, and the ability we have to be able to chat and change in midfield is great to see because we've taken him, who's arguably been our, our best midfielder, out of, the, out of the equation for the last two games. And we've looked pretty OK in midfield. You know, John McGinn, once again, I'm going to say it, John McGinn is our Swiss Army knife. You can literally play John McGinn anywhere across that midfield and you get the same amount of effort. You may not get the same, the same brilliant performance as the person that, he's, that he is um, replacing, but you get 1 million percent effort. And you know what? They are worth their weight in gold, those players. So um, fair play to him for going back there because he's really, he, he hasn't looked out of place since he went back into that sixth position. And uh, I think he's, I think it's, it's worth mentioning that as well because he's been, he's been uh, really, really commendable out there. In yeah, and it was interesting yesterday that he was the deeper of the two. It felt like Louise yeah. was the one who drove forward and McGinn kind of mined the house while everyone else ventured forward mm-hmm. at times. I know there'd be someone in the comments and it was Ben Davis is the one that's been flagged to me. Martinez has kept the most clean sheets, 34 
after the first 100 games. Although I think it actually was his 99th game at the weekend. So Ad is saying if he gets 34 in the next, he'll break the record. And someone else has said, John Steele has said, Martinez has said he wants to beat Bosnich's record mm-hmm. of 64 clean sheets. We have him until he beats that. Let's hope that, let's hope that is the case. Let, let, let's hope that is true. He, look, he looks happier, Martinez. Every, everyone looks happy at the moment. You look at the way Louise is tweeting after the game saying he loves this stadium, he loves this club. Just seeing all this mm. seeing all this stuff is, is just brilliant because I can imagine no one was loving the place and loving the club back in September, <laughs> October now. No, I can't. and look, once again, you know, players are... Players need direction. And when they're getting direction of somebody that they can buy into and when they're seeing results from that direction... There, it, it's going to like it's going to raise the boats, as they say. And um, and Una Emery deserves all that credit. You know, uh, he has come in and he's given people a different lease of life. He's given people a different a different viewpoint on the club. People are talking about the club. It's so funny. There are people still out there trying to just. I think we're going. I think we're going under the radar a little bit harder. Uh, but, but this is the thing. This is it. There are people are still trying to justify. The fact that they say, oh, I don't know whether Una Emery has really done a great job at Aston Villa. And I'm saying, that is fine. Think about that all you want. But just look at that table and those points. And if you're okay with saying that people have, that Una Emery hasn't done a great job at Aston Villa, that's fine. Your opinion is 100% as valid as mine. But the facts of the matter is, is that we're the third best team in, in the Premier League. Um, slash fourth. I won't get into slash the, into fourth, the yeah. battle. Um, we're, we're in... We're in the, the Champions League qualifying position since exactly. uh, Emery has come into, come into the squad. And at the end of the day, whether you like his, his brand of football or not, it's not his fault that you haven't watched him manage teams before. Um, and if he's getting results from it, then you know us as fans are going to, are, are going to um, always be on, on his side for that, you know. I think it's measured football at times, and sometimes he does try and take the sting out of the game, and it can, the tempo can go a bit slow. But generally, I'm happy with winning football, but on the eye, I'm I'm happy with how we how yeah. we're playing. I'm I'm absolutely ecstatic with watching an Aston Villa team that you can tell is coached. You can tell mm-hmm. what they've worked on in the training ground in, in midweek. Like so I'm I'm getting excited now, and I'm I'm quite an excitable guy anyway. When it comes to Villa, we've had many false dawns. I've got excited many times, but it does feel like Aston Villa and Unai Emery. They are a marriage made in heaven, and it does really seriously feel like we are trending in the, in in the right direction now. And I'm, we've had plenty of big summers in the last three or four years. I don't think this is a massive summer for, for us, but I think it could be a really, really important and effective summer for us once he starts getting his own bodies through the door as well. Yeah, give credit to his coaching staff as well. I can't claim to know much ab- about them at all. I doubt you. Yeah, I could even name more, more than one or two of one or two of them. You know, they must be having a massive impact as well in, in, in what's going on. And, you know, people were getting Austin McPhee earlier on in the season about how we were from set pieces. It's only fair to, to for those people to praise him now as well because we look even though we've only really got one player of serious size in Tyrone Mings, we're dealing with set pieces very, very well. And we're still pulling off some some nicely worked ones in the attacking phase as well. I mean, I'm absolutely crying out for us to concede a goal, a set piece guy in the next game. Now I've pointed it out. But, you know, we do look well drilled in every aspect of the game. So it's only fair to compliment his coaching staff as well. And it's just, honestly, Neil, I just felt... So I didn't feel a hundred percent comfortable because we're one up, but in general, I just watch Villa. I'm just, I'm just loving watching us, and that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's look, look, there's an identity. Then what you've what you basically said there to sum it up is there's an identity, and that's what we've been crying out for. And arguably, we haven't had it since probably the probably even the, the John Gregory and, and and Brian Little days. Even if you want to go back that far, I remember John Gregory playing three at the back. 
and playing wing backs when it was certainly wasn't fashionable in the in the Premier League. And he was getting great results at the time. Obviously, brought in Dion Dublin, and and you know we went on that brilliant run to start the season. Uh, and um, and then we had a know, photo and ruined it all. And then, exactly. Um, and, and and as I say, like that, that was an identity to that team. Um, under Martin O'Neill, you mentioned there as well. There was an identity under Martin O'Neill as well, but I think it was very much more a case of um, he was much much more of a man manager from that point of view. He was a more a bit more old school, I think, that we gave him credit for. Um, but under Unai Emery, you can see the attention to detail, and that's what the identity of this team is: the attention to detail that 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 he seems to bring um, to to the party is 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 fantastic. And you know, we've had some managers there that have been pom pom waivers, the likes of. Uh, Tim Sherwood um, and, and and a couple of more of them that haven't been good coaches. And it's a breath of fresh air, as you say, to have a good coach come in and be able to elevate those players, um, both from a, a confidence point of view and an actual pr- uh, end product point of view on the field. So um, brilliant stuff. Really good yeah. to see. Scoring every game is phenomenal. Yeah, as well, we couldn't hear we couldn't hear barn door before before Emery came in. Now we just look, it's like we've got this attacking edge, and I'm just just love it, just love it now. Let, let's go, Let, let's finish it there. Hopefully, the Villa women are still winning two one. I haven't had an update from producer Adam, so that game should be coming to an end now. So hopefully, they'll have a semi final to look forward to in the in the FA Cup. We're in the last minute, producer Adam yeah. informs me. Six yeah. minutes of added time. It says Brilliant. here, there's two minutes gone, so. Here we go. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully the semi-finals. According, I wish we were still. If the men's team were still in the cup, <laughs> that's the only thing. That's the only thing he's done, Emery. So far, the only thing we can taint is that is is that the that we have we aren't still in in any of the cups. But overall, absolutely excellent. Let's go, Neil. I think Greg and myself will be back tomorrow. I haven't actually spoke to him, so I should probably message him after the show. Should be back in the next couple of days with an eighteen seventy-four. We took a week off last week because our schedules wouldn't align, but we'll definitely do a show this week and yeah international break annoyingly not coming at the good although i say it's not coming at a growl not my microphone i've said it's not coming at a great time for villa it used to be like i can't believe we've won and now the international breaks could be mm. now it doesn't really concern you whether, whether we win or not because we just you know the players are working i actually think it's i actually think it could be a benefit to us because of all the players that will be sticking around and chelsea on, will now. have their home squad completely and utterly decimated you know, with everybody going going left, right, and center uh, for international break. So, you know, if we we've just spoken about attention to detail, so this is Emery's chance. Give the players a couple of days off, come back, wait in the long grass, get our plan together, and go out and try and get something against Chelsea. It's not, there's not too many going. Is there? I think Martinez and Buendia are in the Argentina squad, if I recall. Matty Cash, Matty Cash, mm. not too many others on the on, on the way. Dougie, Dougie should be somewhere near the Brazil squad. At this point, should the McGinn will obviously go away with Scotland, like, 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 like he always does. But yeah, there's still a lot to a lot to work with. So yeah, let's go. I always do this. I'll say let's go, and then I'll find something else to, to talk about. But we are going now. Subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on. Have a good whatever's left of your Sunday as well. And as always, up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> 